Hello, friends, and welcome to another episode of Bat Flips and Maple Dips. Uh, my name's Clayton Croker, as always, coming to you from Saskatoon. We got Justin Anderson to my left. Scale of 1 to 10, bud. How's she going? 9.5. 9.5. Okay, Pretty set the bar too. high here. Patrick Marsh, can you top 9.5? Uh, no, I can't top 9.5, but I'd say I'm a very firm, a very turgid 7 out of 10. That's what she said. Um, <laughs> thanks for listening, whether that be on Anchor, iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, TuneIn, Stitcher, all that stuff. Thanks a bunch. Shout out to Blue Jays Twitter for always giving us retweets and likes and all that stuff. Love me some Blue Jays Twitter. Uh, speaking of Twitter, at BFMD Podcast, give us a follow. Uh, it's going to be a fun episode today. we got some rumors about uh, some pitchers that the Jays might sign. Fingers crossed for Dallas Keuchel. We'll get to more of that in a bit, though. Uh, we'll talk about the pitcher that we actually got. Uh, the return of the rant with Patrick Marsh, always a good time. Can't wait to fire some people into the sun. <laughs> or maybe not, we'll see. And uh, we'll talk about some arbitration, uh, some more free agent wish list stuff. Just a bunch of stuff to go over today. But uh, Disney+, Plus, you guys were nerd gushing for the... yeah. Five minutes before we started this podcast, how is it? I haven't gotten it yet, but you love it, or sure, yeah, no, I uh, got it last night. My sister and I watched the first episode of the Star Wars live action series, The Mandalorian, that re- released at the launch of Disney Plus. So they're doing an eight episodes first season of the show with an episode releasing every week, which is kind of a uh, different for a streaming service not to release everything in bulk, which I am both. Um, offended and also pleased by because that means I can't just blow through it in a day and then have to wait another year for it to come out. Yeah, kind of um, like Riverdale on Netflix. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I don't watch Riverdale, by the way. Like, yeah. Don't be like, really, Clayton, yeah. Riverdale? Come on, man. Hey, there's but, some talent uh, on that show. Yeah, I heard it's just outrageous, <laughs> though. I heard it's, it's just terrible. like, this storyline is freaking ridiculous. I watched the first season back when I had Netflix still, and uh, yeah, it was a little bit too ludicrous for me. But um Lots of the movies that were in the Disney vault are now back out of the vault. I know my sister was watching the animated Robin Hood with like the foxes and mm-hmm. whatnot last night after I went to bed. And yeah, she was pumped to watch that. So should be a pretty cool thing. It's going to make them a crap ton of money. I'm all about that Boy Meets World on Disney+. Plus. Oh, yeah. I'm getting it in a few days just for Boy Meets World. But Patrick, uh, you said that The Mandalorian, it's like it just looks great. Oh, yeah, it's beautiful. I, I don't want to talk about The Mandalorian, though. Um <laughs> No, no lie, Clayton. I've already watched several episodes of Boy Meets World. No, oh, it's the greatest show ever. It is. It really is. It's so good. I will say, though, I know you might not be a big fan of this, but I thought the follow-up show, Girl Meets World, had a lot of really good episodes in it, and it very much so feels like a worthy continuation of the story. Uh, it's not really directed at our demographic so much anymore, <laughs> but still a very well-written show that has a lot of heart. One side note I want, I, I came across a Boy Meets World podcast on Twitter a few weeks ago, listened what? to a couple episodes, really good. Yeah. Really? I can't remember what it's called, I'll have to find it, but it was it was super good, I should have retweeted it. Even on that Girl Meets <laughs> World show, Topanga can still bring it. Like, Topanga, she hasn't aged a day. Yeah. I forget her real name, I don't even know what her real name is, it's just Topanga Lawrence <laughs> to Topanga me forever Lawrence. and ever. Uh, so Disney Plus, that's a big thing. The internet the past couple days has been Disney Plus and Don Cherry, and I don't want to add to the Don Cherry fire that is social media right now. The but, roast of Don Cherry. Uh, that lady, who's that lady from The Social that went off? Oh, I don't on, remember like hockey culture and stuff like that. She's Jessica getting it worse Allen. than Don Cherry. What's her name? Jessica Allen. Yeah, she's getting it worse than Don Cherry right now too. All these hockey yeah. moms and dads are just lighting her up as they should yeah. because what she's like, oh, you know what? Don Cherry should have never said that. 
he doesn't know anything about this. And yet these hockey players, I got to play hockey. It's like she just bashes hockey, even though she's never been around it. Like, yeah. He did the exact same thing that Don Cherry did, but a different way. Like, yeah. But she's getting roasted. Don Cherry obviously getting roasted for. He got fired. Yeah, he got fired more than roasted. 40 but, years of coach's corner down the drain. Yeah, I know Patrick really despises Don Cherry. I wouldn't say despises. I would say, like, I am just straight up tired of his shit. Uh, it's time. It's time for him to ride off into the sun, and you know, into the sun, not sunset, in, not sunset, and, into the sun. Yeah, and uh, just enjoy enjoy his uh, forced retirement. I I think I don't know exactly what Jess Allen said, and I I really don't want to talk about the political components of of the whole thing. I, I what I will just say is that Canada is a multicultural country uh, that has been its intent from the start, and that's what it will continue to be, despite the existence of people like Don Cherry, who might think otherwise. Do you think Don Cherry is going to turn into, like, a, a Greg Zahn, where he just disappears? <laughs> like, remember when Greg Zahn got fired? Yeah. Everyone this was, like, so sick of him, and he tried to do that podcast and everything, and it was like, no, like, <laughs> you can't see Greg Zahn anywhere anymore. No. Like. He just kind of faded away. Do you think that's going to be the same with Don Cherry? He's 85, so I mean, you got to think the guy's probably maybe going to take some time and just enjoy the rest of his life, whatever's left of it. Mm -hmm. yeah. <laughs> yeah, poor Greg. I was going to say poor Greg's on, but not really. Not really. Not really. Kind of got what he deserved. <laughs> yeah. uh, the medalists. Um, do you guys want to talk about some baseball here? Anything Let's else? Let's talk about baseball. Yeah. Oh, oh also, yeah. quick little thing with Disney+. Plus. Uh, I was talking with a listener over text, and I said The Mandalorian was a movie. Because, again, you guys know me. I don't know Star Wars. Yeah. I don't follow it. I don't know anything. Did you get obliterated? I saw a trailer for it in the movie theater, uh, thinking yeah. it was a movie. So I'm like, oh, yeah, I heard that movie's great. And, again, classic Star Wars fan. It's a show, okay? Like, so much snark I could I just sense. That. Star Wars fans got to pump the brakes on non-Star Wars fans, okay? Like, we don't follow it like you guys. Relax. We're trying. We give it an effort. And yet you guys just shit all over us. It's kind of like how fantasy football players oh, will yeah. kind of shit on you if you don't know fantasy football. You don't know who Patrick Mahomes is. <laughs> Loser. <laughs> Star Wars fans do that. Mandalorian's a TV show. So, on behalf of non-Star Wars fans, to you Star Wars fans, please stop, I okay? I think it's been pretty easy on you. Yeah, on me, but everyone else. I'm talking for my fellow Star Wars, non-Star Wars fans. Hmm. Got to represent for the people, boys. It's not just about me here. Uh, let's get to some baseball talk here. Chase Anderson, uh, we got yeah. him from the Brewers uh, for Spanberger. Do you guys like the deal back and forth here? I mean, we're, we're getting an okay guy in Chase Anderson. He does you know, a lot of home runs. He does give up a lot of those. Yeah. But Spanberger wasn't really part of our plan, was he? N no, it was pretty clear that Chad Spanberger didn't develop the way the Jays and personally me hoped that he would this year. I really liked when we got him for saying one Oh, as part mm -hmm. of that, that trade from Colorado last year at the trade deadline, I guess almost, I guess technically two seasons ago now, since this season's officially over. Mm -hmm. Um, but it, it's, I think it's a great move. I mean, yeah, Chase Anderson, he's thrown, he's pitched at least 25 starts the last, uh, was it five years now or something like that? Um, so he's highly durable, which is something that the Jays have had, a ton of issues with as we all know based on how many players we used this season so i'm looking forward to seeing maybe a little bit of stability on the back end knock on computer uh because i don't have any wood to knock on but uh yeah i'm looking forward to to seeing him as our number probably our number four number five starter this year patrick what's uh chase anderson's role like next year is he a number three number four number five he's gonna be like the back end 
I think he uh, Chase Anderson's going to be number five, no matter what, um, and, which is fine. He is a very serviceable pitcher. Uh, he does yield uh, a bristling number of home runs. Uh, he is great at stranding runners. Uh, he doesn't really give up a lot of ground balls, so we're looking at someone who's probably going to be a fly ball pitcher, which is kind of scary for the AL East and a lot of hitters parks. Um, I don't know. Like we're getting to the point now where those three, one of three true outcome things that Justin has talked about in the past Mm -hmm. is going to become more regular. So it, when pitchers are, have a high walk rate, it's, it might not be such a bad thing because it just means they're not giving up home runs. I don't know. (laughs) This is, this is a weird time in baseball where the hitter is starting to usurp the pitcher. Um, just because we've probably reached the peak of human ability as far as pitching. Well, it's a low risk too. 8.5 million next year. That's what he's making. He has a team option for 9.5 million in 2021. His buyout's not that bad. Like the risk here, pretty, pretty low. And considering the fact that, He's better than most of our pitchers right now because our pitching is dog shit. So the fact we're getting an actual decent pitcher for that price, I think, is pretty good. Um, we had to say goodbye to some guys. Uh, Dalton Pompey, he gone. Uh, he's elected for free agency. Ryan Tapera, he gone. Uh, he was DFA'd. He's going to go to free agency. Devin Travis to AAA. Uh, the outright of him, he elected yeah. free agency as well. Okay, too. so he elected yeah. for free agency as well. Yeah. Um, the good news is Meza, Shoemaker, Guriel, Baraki, they're all on the 40 man roster. But Devin Travis, Ryan Tapera, Dalton Pompey, bunch of bubble guys are gone. Um, Patrick, I'll ask you first out of those three guys, who are the Jays going to miss the most? If None any. Of them. None of them. Finish my question. I like that. As soon as I said it, I was like, are, any, are we going to miss any of these guys? I'm or? surprised we didn't get that classic Patrick. No. All right, good talk. Yeah, yeah. yeah, I missed that. We set you up for that too, Patrick. Jeez. Uh, Devin Travis, I mean. I think we'll miss his uh, personality. Well, it's a classic story of like what could have been. Yeah, just a great guy. was just a stud early on in his Blue Jay career, and then that shoulder just kept bothering him. Yeah. Ryan Tapera, Captain Medium, and Dalton (laughs) Pompey, who cares? I think we'll miss Devin Travis a little bit. It was really um, nice to see all of the great things that everyone in the media had to say about Devin Travis Mm -hmm. when, when it was announced that he was going free agency he wrote a really nice handwritten little note that he posted on twitter thanking toronto for giving him his his big chance in the big leagues right that was where he broke out um so yeah it'll be it'll be a shame to see him not in the jays uniform but i I just hope he stays healthy even ross atkins at the winter meetings has he uh, the gm meetings here he said that he's it's gonna be hard to it's it's hard it's impossible to root against the Mm -hmm. guy devin travis he's just such a good person well, it gives so us want to be successful. Every year it gives us something to talk about. Will Devin Travis be healthy this year? Yeah. For four years, that was the conversation. Well, hopefully so. we can talk about him next season when he's playing somewhere else. Hopefully, yeah. Um, speaking of playing somewhere else, uh, some rumored free agents to be coming to the Blue Jays, yeah. or at least guys that the Jays are interested in. The one is Jake Odorizzi, mm-hmm. or Rizzi. I never know how to say it's guys' names Rizzi. with those yeah. two Zs. Easy, easy. Is it Eatsy or Easy? it's Easy. Easy. Odorizzi. Easy E. <laughs> Ice Cube Easy. and DRE, Snoop Dio Double G. No? Okay, <laughs> moving on. Right. Mother blank, police. Yes. <laughs> yeah, I'm with you. I'm with um, you. So is Odorizzi, is there a realistic shot, Patrick, that we get this guy? No. <laughs> All right, good talk. There it is. Totally redeems there we himself. Go. There we go. I don't know why Jake Odorizzi wouldn't come here. If we give him enough money, he's not a crazy big name. No, and he's been in Minnesota for the last two years. He really um, got back to what he 
what he could be this year. It's probably his biggest year since maybe 2014 when he was Ray. Um, his best yeah. numbers anyway since that season in terms of strikeouts. Uh, his walk rate went back down. His home run rate dropped a lot. Um, yeah. He just put up some great numbers for that Minnesota team who kind of surprised everybody. Mm-hmm. Everyone's like, oh, it's Cleveland's division to lose. But then Minnesota goes out and sets a new home run record with like a month and a half left. Um, yeah. And they also had some great pitching. Unfortunately for them, the playoffs, they're onto the Yankees, which is just like their curse the last decade. Yeah. But the Twins are going to be a drastically different team, I think, this year. I think a lot of their pitchers, especially even relievers, are going to end up elsewhere. They do have a lot of free agents. I was looking at the list, and it's like, wow, this, these guys could be back into the cellar. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. I, it's going to be a money thing for sure. I, I wouldn't see why a guy like Odorizzi wouldn't at least consider Toronto. A lot of these free agent pitchers are like Zach Wheeler, who we'll talk about later, but he's they're all twenty like they're all like they're only at the age of twenty nine, thirty. So they're still like kind of in the prime of their career. So he's probably gonna get like a four, maybe a five year deal somewhere, depending on what the what the money's like. Patrick, who are some other guys on this free agent wish list? Like there's a list that Shai Davidi has kind of put together. Mm-hmm. Not a list, but there's just some guys he's throwing out there that the Jays are interested in. Are there any other wish list guys that kind of caught your eye? The Jays are kicking the tires on two uh, Japanese players, uh, Yoshitomo Tutsugo and Shogo Akiyama. Um, not really very familiar with them. Uh, they're both outfielders, although uh, Tutsugo, uh, Susugo has first base potential, which is something that the Jays definitely are going to need. Uh, and the other thing is that there has been some rumor and innuendo about Mike Mustakas, at least internally within the organization. He does have a mutual option for 2020, so mm. we might might have to deal for him uh, unless he he and his current team decide to part ways. I can't see that so, happening. So, yeah, because yeah, we already have a third baseman, I believe, right? Some guy that we have plays yeah. third base for us. I think the idea was that he would transition to another position, but maybe, maybe first like base. Him. That's what I was gonna say. Didn't Mike Mustakis play a little first in Kansas City too? Um, like early on in his career. Maybe pre-Eric Hosmer. I'm just looking that up now. Let me uh. Let me check the old fan graphs for you. Well, he thing, did, actually. The thing yeah. I, I like about Mustakas is that he, we wouldn't even really need him to be a positional player. Mm-hmm. He is He's a power bat, and he hit 35 home runs last year, and he's exactly the kind of player that we need to bolster the lineup to be able to drive in runs. I mm-hmm. love the idea of Mustakas batting fourth, and then that kind of gives a bit of clearance, and Gurriel can bat fifth. Because I feel like Gurriel has has yet to ascend to that like thirty home run, eighty RBI level. Interesting. Yeah, Mustakos did. He played four games at first base in twenty eighteen for the Rays mm-hmm. or for the Royals, sorry. And also last year for the Brewers or this past year, he played forty seven games at second base as well. We're gonna have to overpay for him, and I don't think we should yeah. overpay for positional guys. We should overpay for pitchers because we need pitchers. Yeah, we don't need positional it's guys. A lefty bat though, which is big. Yeah, lefty bats are nice, but I mean, Mike Mustak cleanup. Yeah, Mike Mustak is gonna come with a price tag though. Yeah, he will. He had a decent year. Like he hit thirty-five home runs. Oh, yeah. and hit two fifty-four. Well, he's so. a great player, which yeah. means we're gonna have to pay for him, and because we're the Jays, we're gonna have to overpay for him. Yeah, it looks that way. Um, 
it's an interesting idea regardless. Uh, he's a guy who has both positive offensive and defensive value. So those are the guys that are going to make money in free agency because yeah. he's not just a one a one way player. Mm-hmm. Um, so in the American League, he could be another guy that if signed could transition in that DH role too. So you can always keep his bat in the lineup. He could be a guy who could play 162 games for you, but get some time as a DH. Mm-hmm. So Clayton, I have a question for you um, with regards to Mike Moustakas. Let's let's say that we do sign him. Maybe we get you know three years out of him at 15 million a year, which is a lot of money. Might even be an overpayment, but we get him anyway. Where do you stick him uh, as far as the field goes, or do you stick him at DH? Where do you think he he fits in the lineup? I'd say first, like he kind of reminds me of a Justin Smoke, but with a better bat. But his defense probably isn't clearly as good because he doesn't have as much experience at first base. But he's a big boy, and big boys like playing first base. Mm-hmm. And I just think we need to fill that void at first. And it's always nice having a big power hitter at first base. There's something about that power hitting first baseman that's just that's just sexy. I don't know. But that's the thing. Like maybe we just sign him to be a DH. But you don't want to yeah. pay a DH fifteen million dollars. Like well, sure he's going to be a great DH, but I mean, it would be nice, too. He could be a DH for maybe 90 games, 95 games, and maybe be a positional guy, kind of maybe plugged in at second when Biggio <laughs> needs a break. See, like, that's the thing. Does he yeah. fit with our team? It's not that he doesn't not fit, but there's no clear-cut spot where he's like, yep, just plug and play. Exactly. Yeah. Like It's not like, oh, Mike Musaka's being put in there, no problem. You have to sign him and be like, okay, we need a plan for this guy. We can't just sign him willy-nilly. We need a plan for him. That's a good question, Patrick. I have, like, I have no idea where I'd put him. I'd probably put yeah. him at first. I think first base, But I don't know enough like about his defensive him. abilities. You can't just you can't just Scott Hatterberg it and put a guy at first <laughs> base, money ball style. Machine. Yeah. Um, um, speaking of first base, the the tweet that came out or something, I think Patrick had shared it with us, uh, talking about, oh, yeah, we thought about Teoscar Hernandez maybe playing first base. <laughs> The dude can't even play the outfield. Yeah, no, that is not (laughs) a good idea. Um, We're getting to some uh, trade speculation here with the Jays. First, it was free agent speculation. Now it's trade speculation. Yeah. Uh, We got two young catchers, Danny Jansen, Reese McGuire. Um, Apparently, both are garnering trade interest because having a great young catcher is is something that Major League Baseball teams don't really – had the chance to do a lot. You know, like having two good young catchers, that's a a nice little treat. But – do you see us trading one of these guys next year or before the year starts for someone? I'd have a hard time doing so unless the return was at like at least like a number two pitcher, like a right now pitcher. Because catchers are they might not put up great offensive numbers. Like be, like obviously Reese McGuire did in very limited time this year, mm-hmm. but they're highly valuable because of their defensive value. Both of these guys, like obviously Danny Jansen was a Gold Glove finalist and deservingly so. And Reese McGuire in very limited time was one of the better defenders in baseball too as a catcher in the time he was up. So it's it's tough to see them just dumping one of these guys for just a r- random deal because they don't need to. They, they're gonna, Luke Maley's gone basically at this point. Like He's on the roster for now, but like he's probably not going to get offered a contract. Yeah. Um, for me, it just wouldn't make sense to trade away these guys before we have actually ever really seen them develop like obviously Danny Jansen struggled at times but he did show a couple times he went on those big streaks Reese McGuire showed some promise offensively so I'd have to get one more year with them before we think about moving them Patrick no rush. Come, are you going to move one of our catchers here Patrick or would you have two young catchers just kind of going back and forth man if we deal one of them the alternative is Luke Mele comes back and I don't think anybody 
wants to see that happen. Yeah, fair. I just think, like, <laughs> you don't need two young, great catchers. You can trade one for an asset for something that we need. I mean, yeah. let's say Danny Jansen plays, like, 120 games for us next year. Mm-hmm. A backup catcher can play 40 Honestly, games. Honestly, I... It's I not, like, it's not going to make a huge impact. It will yeah. make an impact, but it's not going to make a huge impact. Do you need two solid young Which catchers? Which one would you trade? I would trade Reese McGuire. Yeah, me too. Yeah, I would definitely trade Reese McGuire, and I'd try to upsell him a little bit. But again, he trade had, him for some he pitching. He really played, into, played up some value by hitting well when he came exactly. up. Exactly. And he's young, so you can be like, hey, look, this guy could be your... You know, project catcher, catcher of the future kind of thing. You yep. can sell them to guys like that. And you don't need two young, good catchers on the same team. And we do have in our top 30 farm system, outside of Reese McGuire, there's three other catchers mm-hmm. that are in our top 30 prospects. And two of them are in the, the number eight and number 12. And bring in like an so, old veteran catcher. Yeah. Because you don't need two young guys. Get an old guy to back up Danny Jansen, a guy that's just reliable. Speaking of uh, old veteran catchers, uh, Ken Huckabee made uh, tri- AAA manager today for the, B- the Buffalo Bison. Oh, yeah, that's so. right, yeah. Yay! Good for saw, that, saw that, speaking of old yeah. Jays catchers. Uh, some more trade rumors. Lord Escuriel Jr. Um, teams have been checking in on him. He's 26. Um, of course, we were talking a little bit about how he can't play the outfield, but this is kind of uh, a what little segue. do you mean segue. he can't play the outfield? He's not great at it. Um, uh... This is kind of the segue into the rant here. We haven't done the rant in a while, but uh, the rant today is all about Lord Esguriel Jr. Patrick Marsh will just uh, we'll let you take it here. All right. Well, this week we're gonna we're gonna have a little a little mini rant about Lord Esguriel Jr. and it's gonna be uh, kind of a kind of a numbers list here. I don't know exactly how to set it up, uh, but nonetheless, let's get to the story itself. So this week, Scott Mitchell of TSN reported that the Blue Jays are open to the possibility of maybe trading outfielder Lourdes Gurriel Jr. Uh, if the deal brings back a rotation piece uh, with free agency beginning and the club trading to acquire Chase Anderson earlier in the week. Uh, the idea of trading Guriel is a very bad idea uh, for a number of reasons. And um, I've got three points here. I'm just going to read them out to you guys. Um, I want your thoughts and feelings as we go along here. So uh, it's kind of an all-inclusive rant this week. Um, the current Blue Jays outfield is not solid enough to trade away its best player. Uh, Guriel had a very rocky start in 2019 as he struggled to find his footing at second. And after returning from a brief stay in AAA, he slashed 280, uh, 331, and 537 for an 867 OPS in what would result in a breakout campaign. Uh, oh, and by the way, he switched positions midseason from second base outfield. Uh, and he was excellent in the outfield with positive defensive ability. So, Clayton, you may want to backtrack and check the uh, advanced statistics. <laughs> he actually was a positive contributor in the outfield. Good for the advanced uh, statistics. <laughs> he slugged 20 home runs and 50 RBI in his shortened season. He only played 89 games for the Jays this year. Um, but he was able to firmly establish himself within the core group of young stars like Guerrero Bichette, Danny Jansen, uh, Kavon Biggio. Uh, why would we trade him when our next best outfielder is Randall Grichuk? And while Grichuk has, you know, 30 home run, uh, 80 RBI power, he strikes out almost 30% of the time uh, and is extremely strong, uh, prone to cold streaks at the plate. So, I mean, why would we get rid of our best outfielder just to fill a spot that, you know, 
while it is a significant hole, it's just going to create another one. Um, and who replaces Gurriel within the organization? The closest answer we have is Anthony Alford, and he has yet to figure it out at the plate. He's still far from fig- figuring it out, at least based on what we've seen uh, in the last couple of months of the regular season. Uh, point number two, Gurriel's contract is as good as it gets for a player who can hit and field. Uh, he's not arbitration available until 2024, and he gets paid just $3 million next year, and he's already better than Grichuk, and we're paying Grichuk three times that amount, and he's the worst player. Why would we trade a player on such a team-favorable contract only to have to sign a replacement for him during free agency, uh, which is a time where players mostly get overpaid, right? Uh, and finally, there's the question of the return. It's difficult to project what Ross Atkins would consider a good return uh, in the form of a rotation piece. I think it's fair to levy criticism against Atkins, given how excited he was about Derek Fisher, uh, who he gave an F a couple weeks ago uh, for his terrible performance. Um, Gurriel's going to net a number one or number two starter by himself, and trading him immediately generates a significant hole in the lineup. Um, While it's true the Jays desperately need pitching, uh, the price may be too high, and it just might not be worth it to deal Gurriel. So I'm going to throw it back to you guys. What do you think? Do we deal Gurriel? Uh, does he make for an attractive enough trade piece to get somebody's number one or n- number two guy? Uh, and if not, you know, how do we fill the holes? I feel like the guy at the end of PTI, uh, I have to correct one one thing for you, make a correction. Uh, he is free agent eligible in, at the end of 2024, not arbitration. Oh, oh, my apologies. That's yeah, totally... I forgot. He signed a seven-year deal, He did deal, sign right? a seven-year contract yeah, out of Cuba. Sorry about that. Yeah, no problem. I just thought that was one correction I would make. Other than that, I find myself mostly in agreement with you. Um, if we can get a number one starting pitcher for Horace Gurriel, I'm taking the deal. Easily. Easily, without a doubt. I love the contract. Love the value that Gurriel provides. I think he can still get better. I, I hope he can. Um... But if we can get a number one pitcher for an outfielder, I'm taking that deal. I'm taking that deal all day because, again, you can go out and find an outfielder or find a couple cheap ones and maybe one works out. You don't find number one pitchers too often. No. And the Jays need number one pitcher. Because, again, Nate Pearson ain't going to be a number one pitcher for at least in the next couple of years. Probably he's going to need some time. Maybe 2021. Yeah, he's going to yeah. need some time to be our number one guy. So it would be nice to have a number one guy to plug in before that. I know Gurriel's great, and I know his contract's great. I know he's still young. And I know he shows flashes of being, like, a top-tier kind of baseball player. Mm-hmm. But is it maybe because we see him all the time and we talk about him all the time in Toronto? Do you think he's a known commodity in, in baseball? People are taking notice. I've been following a lot of – well, obviously, I follow, we follow a lot of people on Twitter, um, baseball-related stuff. But even, even in the realms of, uh, of fantasy baseball, he is going much lower, like, in, in fantasy baseball drafts mm-hmm. than – players who he puts up better numbers than mm-hmm. on average he's getting drafted like three times like in the like the low 180s mm-hmm. and he could be like a top 70 pick sometimes i find that jays they'll be like weirded out that like oh how come how come everyone doesn't think marcus stroman is as good as we all say he is because yeah. he's a superstar in toronto yeah but for other teams it's like okay no he's for sure and every, and every team has that player yeah. right that you just like oh yeah brett gardner's the shit everyone in the bronx just yeah. loves that guy and, and everyone really, in baseball's like who is that he's guy? a pretty mediocre outfielder yeah. i don't think that's um, the case with Guriel. like i think no. Guriel's pretty talented but i just i could go either way with him i could keep him for sure. i could trade him i'm not too attached to him no i i feel like 
he's definitely below the level of attachment for a guy like uh, like Vladdy, Bo, and Cavan, that mm-hmm. kind of tier of pit players that we have. He'd be in like that tier two, like high tier two for sure mm-hmm. of guys that I'd love to keep around for forever. Um, I wouldn't be absolutely heartbroken if we traded him, but it would have to be for a number one pitcher. I wouldn't trade him away for, for a guy like, like Jake Odorizzi. I don't think he's that is – is a number one starter. Mm-hmm. Um, Zach Wheeler, maybe. We'll talk about him shortly again. Yeah. Um, foreshadowing yeah good rant and yeah yeah really good Patrick that's a good question like yeah it's good the price has got to be right for Guriel he's not a guy we're going to dump for no reason because he's a good piece everything's for sale but definitely everything's for sale um when it comes to arbitration stuff I'm awful with arbitration and contracts so captain numbers over here yeah Ken Giles eligible for arbitration his final year of arbitration eligibility he will become a free agent after the 2020 season he made I believe it was like 6.3 million this last year or 6.7 He's due for a raise. The dude has been yeah. maybe he's been the most efficient closer in the in baseball over the last two seasons. I think he's blown one save over the last two calendar years. Yeah. Um, even pitching on a crappy Blue Jays team, he has done that. Um, so he's probably going to be maybe ten million this year. Probably that's a pretty sizable yeah. raise, but I mean he's pitched to deserve that. Um, also, our most valuable trade piece, even more so valuable than Lourdes Gurriel, because he is a closer who closes games and does not blow games uh, big time. Um, yeah, that's. I think $10 million is probably a fair price yeah, for him. Yeah, okay? for sure. Um, next up, Matt Shoemaker. We had him for $3.5 million in 2019. Unfortunately, um, freak injury in Oakland when he was in that rundown, ACL gone. But he had posted on Twitter a couple weeks ago that the knee is back. He's back, as Patrick would say. Mm-hmm. Um, he's begun the rehab process, expected to be ready for spring training-ish, if not maybe a little bit into the uh, the start of the season when he finally makes the debut. Um, I'd like to see him come back. I think they can probably get him on a similar number, maybe four million bucks, four and a half. Maybe five. He's five million. I mean, it's for a pitcher who... Um, showed what he could do in very small in five starts last year. Um, hopefully he can refine that same that same talent, I guess, that same prowess that he showed. For five million, that's pretty cheap if you can get him and he can stay healthy for a season. Mm-hmm. Five million is cheap for a pitcher. Who else we have on here? Brandon Drury. Oof. Non non tender. Yeah. Ryan Dull and Luke non-tender. Yeah. Non-tender. So our arbitration guys really are Ken Giles and Matt Schumacher. <laughs> the guys that we that we for sure need to keep. Yeah. Brandon Dre is going to be that guy who's a fringe. Depends on what he's what he's looking for and how much they value his utility to play basically anywhere on the diamond. Yeah, but he sucks. So. Yeah, he's he's but he's a utility guy yeah. and teams still value that, especially a, a manager like Charlie Montoyo. Um, who does value guys who can play multiple positions. Mm-hmm. And it does make... He is a good defender. I'll say that much about him. Yeah. He, he can't hit for shit, but he can he can sure field the ball. Yeah. Um, There's so many of those guys who seem to have the Ryan Goins every year. Brennan Dre was this year's Ryan Goins. Um, he stayed relatively healthy this season too, which was nice. Mm-hmm. But I think he's going to be that guy who... Depending on what goes down with some signings before the Real Five draft, he will he might be a guy who just gets jettisoned off the forty man roster to make space for a guy we want to keep around. Yeah, Patrick, do you, would you mind not paying Ken Giles ten million and Matt Shoemaker five million in arbitration? Would those be good numbers for you? 
Yeah, I think they're perfectly fine. I, Ken Giles has absolutely earned the raise. And to be honest with you, I would actually rather we sign Ken Giles to a long-term deal. There, If you look at the list of top pitching prospects in MLB right now, I mean, I like Nate Pearson a lot, but we none of the teams uh, that have a top pitching prospect right now are suitable trade partners. Tampa mm. doesn't really need a closer and why would we trade him within the division? San Diego certainly doesn't need a closer right now because they have Kirby Yates, who saved 41 games for them last year. I, there's just not there's not a team right now that I think we could flip Giles to for, you know, uh, a very strong young pitching prospect. And again, it's a it's a gamble to begin with. And I don't think Ken Giles has enough value to be able to bring back a number one or number two starter, which is what we need. And again, why would you trade uh, such a key player like Ken Giles mm. for the sake of, you know, filling one hole and then creating another? I know, like, we didn't really start off by talking about trading Ken Giles. I just want to firmly establish I am in the camp of don't trade Ken Giles, <laughs> offer him an extension. Don't even go to arbitration with him. Just be like, hey, man, do you want, you know, six, uh, six years, 65 million? Is that good enough? Like, I mean, that'd be fine by me. Matt Shoemaker, I think this is the year where he absolutely has to keep it together, show us that he's worth keeping around. He wants to stay in Toronto, um, but I think management is not convinced just because he's had those injury uh, issues the last several years. And they, I think they're really banking on him having a full year with the Jays, and he obviously didn't have that last year. Mm -hmm. So we'll see what he does in 2020. Um, I'd non-tender jury doll and melee straight up. Yep. Don't need him. Don't need him. Put him into the sun. Yeah. Yep. Last up here on the podcast, uh, free agent, um, fantasy free agent wish list. One guy, if we could have him, no matter what, obviously I think Garrett Cole's number one. So let's just say Garrett Cole's all number one on our list, but, um, Justin, yeah. we'll start with you here. Free agent sure. wish list, free agent fantasy. Who's your guy? Um, Zach Wheeler. We we just traded Marcus Stroman to the Mets. Now I would like to take Zach Wheeler from the Mets. Um, he's 29 years old, so not terribly old, not terribly young either. The thing is, he's got five years, I believe five or six years of big league service time. Let me just get that accurate number while I'm talking. But the last two seasons, um, six years of service time, sorry. Uh, the last two seasons he's done really well. So he has pitched um, at least 182 innings in both of the last two years. Made about average of 30 starts, which is awesome. That's what you want from a starting pitcher. And he's put up some great numbers. So his home runs for fly ball, well below league average. Um, decent ground ball pitcher. Strikes out guys. Does not walk a ton of batters, which is very important for, for the Blue Jays. And he's put up a, a wins above replacement of 4.2 and 4.7 in the last two seasons, which does place his value probably around 20 to $21 million a year. And this is a guy who was making... Six million this year in his last year of arbitration, so he's due for a big raise. Um, he was a former sixth overall pick by the Giants back in '09, so uh, he never did actually pitch for them as he obviously got traded to the Mets. But um, that's the guy I want. I don't think it's too ludicrous to say the Jays could could be in the market for him. The thing is, is that he would cost us our second our second highest draft pick to trade because he is on that. Uh, that list of players who would you would have to give a, con, a, a draft pick for, but Ross Atkins has said that that will not hinder the, who the Blue Jays signed this offseason. Hmm. Um, Patrick, what about you? 
Free Age of Fantasy. Uh, well, let me set the table a little bit for you. Um, what would you rather have in your stable? Would you rather have Secretariat or would you rather have a young uh, and promising, you know, three-year cult who might look good but has never actually done anything or won anything on their own? Yes, horses. Horses concur. Yes. <laughs> All right. Well, what I'm going for is I want a winner. I want someone who has a high level of pedigree. I want someone who has won at every possible level there is to win at. And the only guy who fits that category is Madison Baumgartner. I want mm. Mad Bum as our number one starter. Throw a shit ton of money at him for uh, you know five years. I think we can get him for less than $20 million a year just because we've seen him decline a little bit. Um, but I think he still has it, and I think a change of scenery for him would be great. I'd love to see him number one. Can you imagine uh, uh, number one, Madison Bumgarner, number two, Ryan Barucki, uh, number three, Nate Pearson, number four, Trent Thornton, number five, Chase Anderson? I think that's a team that could be over five hundred. Hey, just, from hey, that, Clayton, just from that alone. Pop quiz, how old is Madison Bumgarner? 32. 30. Damn it. He's, he's quite young. I blew it. Yeah, I thought, I thought he was way older than I he was looking out, older. I was looking up when Patrick said like five or six years. I was like, this guy's like 33. I wouldn't offer him that long of a he contract. He super but, old. Yeah, no, good on you, Patrick. I like the pick. There you go. I think for what me, you, Clayton? For me, it's Dallas Keuchel for the same reason as Madison Bumgarner. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's, established, he's established. Like, Madison Bumgarner is a little bit better than Keuchel, I think, but... Um, I don't know. I just trust Keiko more. Bumgarner's had a rough two years. Yeah. Like Bumgarner's kind of been up and down. Uh, Keiko's been super consistent his whole career, and I just love his stuff. I love his demeanor on the mound. I just think he'd fit well in Toronto. I don't know. I, I like those calm and cool pitchers. You Good know? thing about him too is he basically only worked half a year this year because he was he didn't sign until exactly. uh, like July, right? So he doesn't have the wear and tear mm-hmm. on him. That Madison Bumgarner's pitched a lot of playoff baseball. Yeah, and Keuchel's just been, I don't know, I just, I like Dallas Keuchel. I yeah. couldn't believe when guys wouldn't give him what he wanted last well, year. Well, they didn't want to give him give Houston a draft pick exactly, either. Exactly. So too. they waited yeah. until July after yeah. that window cl- closed, and then the Braves obviously jumped no. on him. But I'm a big Dallas Keuchel guy. The chasing yeah. at Dallas Keuchel to a little bit of a deal, oh, man, that's huge. Yeah. Um, That's what she said. Good way to end the uh, podcast right there. Um, also, too, what happened to Justin's little sad exhales? The... I haven't done one in a while. You hey? haven't done one in a while. Me and Patrick used to keep track of that. You know, I haven't maybe, done one in a while. Uh, I noticed that today. Maybe I'm just like, I said it was a 9.5 out of 10, so maybe life's just too good right now. Yeah. Things are turning Life around. is no longer pain, and I no longer yearn for death. Okay, my chemical romance <laughs> over here. Good Charlotte. Uh, that's it. That's all for the podcast today. Anything else to add, fellas, before we go? No, I was supposed to pick an outro song, but I kind of forgot. Well, I'm going <laughs> to go through how you can listen to us in our in our social media stuff. You oh, have God. about 40 seconds to pick one, okay? Okay, you can listen to us. Anchor, iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, tune in. Uh, follow us on Twitter, at BFMD Podcast, the Facebook, the Instagram, all that stuff. Uh, we'll get a new episode to you next week. You had like 10 seconds there. Yeah, we're going to go with uh, Bad Company, Rock and Roll Fantasy. Oh, my goodness. <sighs> All right. For Justin, for Patrick, my name is Clayton signing off. We'll uh, talk to you guys next week. See you later.